Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. For those of you that don't know, sitting right next to me here, my partner in crime, all out of breath from making a Pitt fan pilgrimage to Penn State today. Jim Stamp, how are you, brother? (laughs) Dude, I won't bore you with the details or anybody else. We have limited time. We've got tons to talk about, but I'm never doing a drive like that again during the day, showing up for the podcast. (laughs) Never again, dude. But anyways, (laughs) let's, let's, let's get going. Super, super cool, man. Um, so we're going to talk laundry week. We're doing socks all week, man. We did the red socks first. Yeah. We're going to get the white socks next. So I figured let's talk a little bit about that last series. You know, we kind of limped into it out of Cincinnati one and one and two, probably not def- feeling great about themselves. A little, little deflating, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, in many ways, Pirates fans were probably looking at Cincinnati the same way the Red Sox were looking at the Pirates. <laughs> you know, boy, boy, it's going to be nice to face those Pirates. You know, I think Kutch put it best on Twitter when he put out that tweet saying, like, you know, everybody thought, uh-oh, gotcha. You know? <laughs> sure. So good good for them, man. They went in there and they took, they took care of business in Boston. Like, first game, last year, man, they lose that game, like, 13 to two or something. They don't come back and and just take that game away. You know, they would have been so deflated from the first inning. It would have just all fallen to pieces, but Johan Oviedo, man, he, uh, he can't, he got back on the horse after he got bucked in the first inning and, and he pushed man and he fought. He didn't have his stuff. Pretty impressive from a kid. Yeah, he did the JT Brubaker, right? Which was struggle early. Looks like he's going to make it two and a third. And next thing you know, he he settled down. So good sign. Good sign yeah, for a young, a young difference guy. is, I guess we didn't see it 30 times. So <laughs> <laughs> True, true. But yeah, I mean, it was good stuff all in all. And I, I, was, I was happy with the performance. The bullpen sure as hell pitched lights out. They shut down Boston's offense. That has been crazy hot to start the season. And uh, I saw they they picked up right where they left off today in Detroit, scored six more runs, you know. Um, The Pirates pitching came to play, man. (laughs) They really did. Rewanzi was great. Yes. Really. Uh, I didn't know what to expect going into that, Jim. I I think you and I talked a little bit. We hadn't really seen him in the spring, you know, a whole lot. So 
to finally get you know eyes on him and to see him just looking every bit what he was wow that was that was comforting yeah you know and and Rowanzi's the type of guy nothing surprises me with him but i wouldn't have been shocked if he didn't look super sharp or only made it through four or something. And he, he was the exact opposite. So, I mean, just super, man, what we got out of Keller and Rowanzi, it, it, if that, if that part is going well, boy, do things start looking a lot better. Right. I mean, right. I mean, speaking of Keller, here's shady Keller's an animal. He was, <laughs> he was an animal. And Jim, this is actually a pretty interesting point from that. I, I'm not sure that I expected Derek Shelton to show that kind of faith in Keller, not only because he didn't have a history of doing it last season, he got burned by it once this year already. Yeah. So I was happy to see him do it. I was frightened to see that he almost got burned by it again. But, I mean, what did you think of that decision and obviously the outcome? Well, I mean, look, it, I, I love the, the fact that he went right back to doing it again. So fortunately, it looks a lot better because it, it worked out this time. But I, I, I would hope that if, you're, if you show that kind of faith in him the first game and then the second game, pull back on that, that would, that would worry me or disappoint me. So, hey, let him do it the next time. Like let's, he's got to get over that hump anyway. Um, we know what Keller is capable of. He's shown it now enough. So I, I, I love the decision. And let's be honest, he's going to have to let some of these pitchers go a little bit more. We can't depend on a bullpen to make it all year carrying the load. It just typically won't work out. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think it's good to see that there's a willingness there does seem to be allowing them to stretch their legs a little bit more, not just the veterans this time. You know, uh, I think he even let Rowanzi go a little bit longer than I thought he would just yes. because he, he hasn't been all that stretched out, you know, um, pretty nice to see that comfort level come along. Velasquez, man, if you can get five out of him, you're, it's probably a success. I, I mean, I think that's what you want. And Rich Hill, I think a lot of people don't really think about it. Rich Hill really never goes beyond six innings, hardly ever has. So Rich and Hill's certainly not, not gonna, yeah. lately in his career. I mean, well, he's certainly not going to be a guy that's giving you, you know, seven, eight, nine inning, you know, outings very often if he does at all, because he, he's a junk baller at this point. Um, so you really need innings out of Keller and Rowanzi. Right. And uh, Oviedo, to a degree, has to be the horse his body size says he should be. And, so. and you, you know, let's I'll, I, look, I, I'm thrilled with how things gone. I'll pour a, a tiny bit of cold water on things and just say, like, um, I'm still I, I don't know what to expect long term from guys like Moretta and Zastrinsky. You know, like, I just don't know yet. I think they got away with some pitches in that series. Yeah. Um, Holderman, even my guy, even he did in that first outing he had against the Red Sox. So um, you can't burn them out. They're going to need some innings from their starters. Um, the Red Sox, 
they're they're an incomplete team too. But you got to beat sure. teams like that. So they got talent, and they're a team that I think in the past would have intimidated the Pirates into, you know, giving them that first game at the mm-hmm. very least. You know, the stellar starting performances those come in as stoppers sometimes. That just happens. But that first game is the one that impressed me the most because they they persevered through it, and it really set the tone. Yeah, yeah, it? right. And I mean, I, I just think like all in all. You, you kind of have to feel at least okay about the rotation. I personally am really missing JT. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, now's when you see it, right? Like, yeah. even, even I've been very uh, lukewarm on, on Brubaker, but now is when you kind of see it um, that all of a sudden you remove one guy that you can count on not being terrible. Um, that changes things a little bit so right um velasquez gotta be honest wasn't blown away i think he misses his spots way way too much one start though like like, let's all relax that's why i tried to tell people about keller in that first game sure relax he's fine you know um so we, we 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 have to we have to see more from some of these guys I agree. We got some great questions popping up in comments here I want to get to. So let's take a quick break and come back. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good stuff, good stuff. So let's jump back into the comments, Jim. What do we got? What do we got? We got, how about the launch pad? We haven't talked to him in a long time. Yeah. Um, if he He's talking about Dari Moretta, okay? He's like, mm-hmm. great to see that uh, the stream is back, he starts with. Then Seth jumps in with Moretta is entertaining, entertaining thus far. I have to agree. I just wrote about him today because he's exciting to me, too. The launch pad's like, yeah, he's entertaining, but 
you know, <laughs> he's got to be good too, right? Yeah. What do you think of him? Because we have a situation that's brewing. You know, a lot of people aren't really thinking about it, but Tyler Stevenson's going to come back off the IL and somebody's going to go. And Dari Moretta is making him his statement that it shouldn't be him. Will Crow has an option. That's a guy you could consider. I don't think they're going to cut bait on any of the guys that don't have options like DeJong or or Underwood or Holderman has options, but they're not going to put him down. Bednar, same. I wouldn't cut loose Rob's Z. He's been pretty good. Hernandez can't go down. That, to me, smells like Dari or Will Crow, and that'd be a tough decision because Dari's been really good. It is. It is a tough decision. Um, and they've put him in some pretty high leverage situations, you know, but whether, whether by necessity or they trusted him, uh, and he's looked at, he's looked pretty good. I, I'm not sure that it's there with him. Um, but, but all you can do is ask a guy to go out and perform and he has done that Gary. So I, Will Crow, um, I know what a lot of people would say. We're prisoners of the moment. They'd say, send Will Crow down. I mean, I kind of lean that way, Jim. If Moretta continues to provide what he's providing, I think right now, too, he's been a little bit of an emotional leader in that bullpen. They seem to all be looking to him and buying into the way he is, his enthusiasm, and it seems to be rubbing off on some people that maybe needed a little bit of edge to them. You know, so I'm not sure I'm anxious to send him packing either, especially for Robert Stevenson. He's a journeyman himself. You know, if he had an option, you probably wouldn't make this change. But I think you're going to have to do something. You're not going to throw innings away. Yeah, and it's not going to be Underwood. Underwood looked pretty good, and I think that they know what they can get out of him. Right. So, um, yeah, I hadn't thought about it too much Gary but you're right it's going to be um, interesting to see and it doesn't look like there's any other moves that they could make no one's going to come up with a faux injury at this point of the season either I mean I doubt it I mean <laughs> it right? seems to me it seems to me like they're pretty locked in here and and everybody's pretty much performed good out of the bullpen Zhang had one bad outing um, you know, here's a, a pretty common statement we get here from from Ethan. He says, bite the bullet and cut Underwood. You know, he explains in, in, in a later one that he doesn't think they'll do it. I don't either. Um, Jim, I, I don't know. I don't I'm not I'm one of those people that feels like if if half of everyone seems to think somebody's really bad, maybe I'm missing something. But to me, he's not one of their bigger problems. You know, I actually think they need his his length a little bit right now with with what we were talking about in segment one with the starting rotation. Well, especially, Gary, if you want to piggyback it off of Will Crow, maybe not being reliable anymore, you know. Yeah. Uh, so now all of a sudden you want to take two guys out that are – innings eaters in on april 6th i just i can't i can't envision that i'm not saying the guy's perfect i'm not even saying he's you know 
quote unquote good. I just think that they need guys that can shoulder some innings and he's one of them. I, I think that that's kind of the point right now. I think you need to get the innings out of the guy first. Yeah. I can have this discussion mid season and probably be okay with it because I feel like you used him up at that point. You know, I feel like they've ridden him hard for two seasons already. If you get half a year out of them, then you've eaten those innings that you needed to get out of them. And then you bring up a fresh arm, like Carmen Majinski or somebody along those lines, take his spot. It's not unlike how they use Chris Stratton in the sense of innings, right? Like you can use them a lot and those guys serve their purpose. And like you said, then at some point you can move on from them. Um, I'm not saying they're similar pitchers. I'm just saying like, that's the similar situation to me. Yeah. So we've had some hot starts too. Andrew McCutcheon. I think Brian Reynolds <laughs> has done really well. Andrew but, McCutcheon uh, with, with somehow seemingly an over 1000 on base percentage, which isn't, <laughs> which isn't right, but obviously it seems like it. Well, check out what Shady has to say here. Do you guys think teams are scared to pitch strikes to McCutcheon? So many walks in the first couple games. Um, I don't think people are afraid to pitch to Andrew McCutcheon. I just think Andrew McCutcheon's eye is so friggin' mature right now that you have to hit the strike zone. He is that good. And if he wants walks, that's what he'll get. I mean, I believe he is talented enough to foul balls off and force walks on you. And eventually that, that causes guys to try to be nasty in the zone. You know, they want to get whiff rate on him in the zone. And that's not an easy thing to do against Andrew McCutcheon. So have, having an increased eye like that, I think he's made himself into somebody that you have to be very careful with now. Yeah, well, I mean, look, he's going to work counts. He's going to give you a professional at bat every time. I, no one's afraid of Andrew McCutcheon at this point. I mean, listen, he, he still can hit the ball out. Um, and on top of it, you're also seeing pitching staffs early on walking guys, issuing walks. Like, it's it's th these are real games, but you're still seeing free passes more than normal, I think. So, and he, he will, he will take advantage of it every time. Yeah. And so will Carlos Santana to that, for that matter, he's a walker as well. So those two yeah. being in the middle of the order right there, I think you have like crew, this dynamic right now where legitimately nobody wants to throw O'Neill Cruz, anything to hit, even knowing Brian Reynolds, who right now is hitting like Ted Williams, is right there. Um, a, a switch hitting Ted Williams. Well, yeah, but but they're 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 pitching. They're choosing to pitch to him as opposed to pitching to O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, and O'Neill's still doing well. He's still displaying a good eye. He's still taking walks. He's still getting on base and producing. He's not going to hit every once in a while. Probably on a pitch he shouldn't hit <laughs> because yeah. he just wants to be involved at this point. But there, he doesn't see hardly anything in the zone. 
I can't imagine having to live like that as a hitter, which great hitters have to do, by the way. You can't even sit here and say that Reynolds isn't protecting him, is the thing. I mean, you, you can't ask more. You're not even going to get this out of Reynolds all year, for God's sake. It's a, it's such a hot start. Mm-hmm. Um, So he's probably more dangerous right now than he will be in July. You know, if you're just looking at numbers, but nobody wants to touch O'Neill Cruz at all. And um, it's, it's a problem. I mean, they're going to have to do something. I, I mean, the bottom of the order needs to maybe start providing more on base protection for when he comes back up, or maybe they need to consider moving him down in the order a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and what I hope my hope is for O'Neill Cruz is, is that, you know, he doesn't start going outside of what's working and doing well because he gets impatient. And, you know, as a young hitter, you start, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a quarterback taking, making you take, take what they give you. And you're saying he's impatient enough. He'll make a mistake. He won't be able to do it all the time. My hope is with O'Neill Cruz is he doesn't get impatient. Um, Yeah. And lets that part, come to him and they address some of those issues around him. Like you just said, I mean, we, we talk lineup all the time, Jim, Jeremy here with the way he's getting on base, maybe switching Kutch and Reynolds seems like nobody's ever on base for Reynolds or Cruz. It's a very good point. Um, I think looking at the batting averages so far, uh, walks are really the only way anybody's getting on base right now. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, somebody's going to have to hit somewhere. And um, Reynolds has already been hitting. I think it's a matter of time before Cruz starts getting on base more because I think people are going to have to come around on not working around them so drastically. You have to remember these series have life of their own, too. Like Boston had a, a way they were going to approach this lineup. And they stuck to it, whether it worked or not. They weren't going to let Cruz beat them. They were going to give Brian Reynolds a chance to beat them. Brian Reynolds beat them. It's funny you say that because, man, I forget who it was in the post game. Basically said, like, it might have been, it might have even been Jason DeLay talking about, we had, they have their plan, we have ours. You know, and as you talk about that, I don't think people real, realize or or they'll forget that, just like you said, every team goes into a series with a plan of attack in the sense of how you want to pitch to a lineup and what you're looking to do on your side of the thing on, on things pitching wise, then that changes drastically from series to series or it can. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting when you watch things like that, because especially when it's not working, baseball sometimes is a victim of its own, um, short sample size is kryptonite thinking, you know, where game to game, they can't go, well, our plan's not working because the, the plan in and of itself is to be good two out of three times, right? The plan is to win the series two out of three. The plan is to succeed at your idea two out of three times, right? So when, when you fail once, you don't change the plan necessarily. I think that's it. Yeah. But when you watched, it, it was almost like you're, they're beating their head against the wall. Why in the world 
Are you still pitching to Brian Reynolds like this? You know, um, Kutch isn't going to beat you like as bad, <laughs> you know, I promise you, but yeah. they just wouldn't stop. And it, it actually was kind of alarming at one point. I was just like, is anybody coaching this team? I, I kind of was hoping they'd show the dugout so I could see they had a manager. <laughs> well, it, it, teams believe in their process and their plan. And like you said, you get, you, you have it for a game and you get, and you lose it. I think they're just going to stick with it. They think they, they think that it's, it's going to work. Now, maybe if you get in a playoff series, that might change. But in three-game series, two-game series, I just think teams are like, no, this is what we think is going to work. We're not changing it. And, um, you know, sometimes it's not – sometimes it's going to backfire. Uh, so Dave says he is still very concerned about this offense. Dave, clarify for me. Tell me why. So um, let's see. Here's a good one from Jeremy. I think Bay should bat ninth, kind of like the second leadoff hitter. I could not possibly agree with this more, Jeremy. I think it's really funny to see a lineup assembled based on analytics and then something that's very analytics driven, which would be having the nine hole hitter be fast on base guy that can set up the top of the order again is being ignored. That said, it's less of a problem without hedges. So I will probably pick up complaining about it in about seven to 10 days if he's healthy. Well, let, let, let's say this. First of all, Jeremy, I think that's his second good point nobody's allowed to out good point us during an episode. So we might have to just block him for a little bit so we can, <laughs> but no, um, he, he, I, I totally agree with him. And let's just talk about Bay for a second, Gary, like w w what we're seeing from him and what we had hoped to see from him. Um, what's your first thoughts on, on Bay? Cause uh, I'll go with inconsistent uh, with flashes of greatness. I think he has some, some ability to do some really flashy things. He's not consistent enough. Um, if he's fighting for playing time for second base, I think he'll lose it with his glove. If he's fighting for playing time with his glove in center field, I think he'll win some playing time. Um, but the bat plays. And if you give him consistent at bats, I think, I think you have somebody that is a, a unique presence in this lineup. They don't have it. They don't have that kind of speed. They don't have that kind of hitter. Um, they don't have that kind of fielder, quite frankly, in center field right now on this roster. I, I love what he adds to it, man. And I'm interested to see more. Yeah. The last thing you said, he, he makes you want to see more. And th this is this is the thing with these young guys is they're they're kind of like the wild boys in the sense of whether that's Castro who's who's clearly not looked great, Bay Cruz, all these young guys is just the potential and letting them play and seeing what they're able to do. Um, I would have Bay in the lineup as much as possible right now. Um, I just think that he's not he's not perfect at second base. He's not perfect at the plate. 
but there's enough there that I want to see him play more and more. Yeah, I do too. Um, I'm not really sure what you mean by in all fairness, because I felt like we were pretty fair to him here, <laughs> Ethan, but uh, fielders like Bay in the league in general, I don't know how many guys are even attempt to make a catch like that in center field. I can say Brian would try, uh, <laughs> but a lot, you know, more I mean, often than not, it looks like it did in yesterday's game than, uh, than what Bay did. It was a hell of a catch. I think we're just yeah. talking about like, you know, the, you know, it used to have a coach tell me all the time is like, I don't need you to make the spectacular plays. What I need from you is to make the routine plays constantly. So that's what I think we're talking about, right? Like those are great. Yeah. Let's just, let's just make sure we can be consistently good the other 99% of the time, that's what we need. Well, let me tell you what I liked that I saw from Bay that, I, that might have gone under the radar a little bit. Um, it was in the last game. He got shifted out to center field as a defensive uh, replacement, you know, when Cruz had to come out of the game after getting kicked in the face, which we forgot to even mention. <laughs> so Bay's out in center field, and um. I mean, he comes in and he just takes charge and calls off the infielders and takes over and takes the ball. We have not seen that a lot. Center field is a position that has just not had a vocal guy out there that just took over and took charge of it. Love seeing Bay do that, uh, especially he's a young kid. You know, those kids can be quiet on this team every once in a while it's good to see one come up here and kind of take charge Kane smith and jigba kind of like that too when they shove him out in left field he looks like he owns left field you know <laughs> very quick to call you off um I, I really like what i've seen from the youngsters to be honest in the outfield yeah and you get a little bit of success um whether it's in the field or at the plate and that breeds confidence and you feel like you can be more of yourself out there because young players do have a tendency to not want to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that they both have a little bit of swagger to them. Yeah, I'd agree with that, man. It's been good. We have to take a, a real quick video faux break. So we're going to sit here and just look, be quiet for a Stupid. second. <laughs> And we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here. Not that you guys watching video thought we went anywhere. Um, yes, TLP Thursdays are going to be the stream day for the foreseeable future for this show. It's when Jim and I can most easily get together every week without any interruptions. And it works for us. I hope it works for all of you. If not, the video lives on and the audio still comes out on Saturdays. And selfishly, the Pirates are off on Thursday sometimes. And, yeah. you know, we don't want to miss games and, yeah. and all that stuff. So it, it, it just, I think it'll work. So let's see. Let's go back to more Bay, huh? Bay is very aggressive in the field. 
maybe what is needed in center field, but not so much playing second base. That's a great point, Sean. Um, it's actually what has, I think, been most noticeable about him at second base. He is very aggressive, does believe in his talents. He thinks there's not a ball he can't get to. And that may very well be true. But you also have a shortstop with a cannon for an arm standing there, and you have no business cutting him off for yeah, a ball on his side of the bases. We're all thinking of the same play, right? I don't yeah. know, Gary, that I've ever seen a second baseman go that far over to make, like, unless it's behind the bag or there's been some sort of, like, weird shift. But it was it was a bit much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, I don't know what he was thinking, but, you know, settle down. Yeah, you know, Cruz enjoys playing with Castro more. You can just tell, and he said it. You know, they've grown up together. He loves playing with him. It's his brother, you know. Right. Um, so, it, not that Bay needs to walk on eggshells when he's out there. He's a major league player playing a major league game. He has his own career to worry about. But I don't know that I would be making O'Neill Cruz feel uncomfortable. That's all. <laughs> right. Um, no. We should probably focus a little bit on the White Sox now, okay? Because we've got home opener, and we haven't really touched on home opener. Let's talk about how we're going to feel about this, man. I mean, we're doing this on home opener eve. You and I are both going to different celebrations tonight around town, you know? Like, almost yes. like we're pre-gaming for it. I can't. I'm Blackout, so excited about it. Koch coming back. Who knows? Maybe they'll announce something great. Um, Rich Hill on the mound against Lucas Giolito. If you want to talk real baseball, well, what does the home opener do for you, man? Are you, are you looking forward to it this year more than normal, or is it just a special day no matter what? For me personally? Yeah. I, I, dude, this, this to me is opening day is always special. Um, this fan base has been through a lot. We have suffered through it as well. So, you know, we don't know how things are going to go. They may come back down to earth, but damn it, I'm going to enjoy tomorrow (laughs) a lot. And um, it's just, it's just, we're allowed to have nice things as pirate fans. I, I know people tell you you can't so enjoy it man enjoy it while it lasts and we'll go from there but i'm i'm excited i mean it as long as you as long as you have a baseball team in town to me opening day is always going to be special i i love it it's filled with hope um for once i i feel good they're coming home with a winning record you know no matter what, we're going to leave that stadium on on Friday with them still having a winning record. Yes, you know um, that's not something that I that I can say uh, has happened a lot in my life. So, and I will say this too: I just hope they have a a good showing. You know, like that's imp- that it, that's important too. It's kind of like. Um, you know, if you if you follow either of us, we're we're both pit pit 
guys and you know yeah and the hail to pit podcast which you should listen to if you're a pit fan to give gary a plug here but um it's like pit when you have a chance on a big stage to do something please please show up and perform well i'm not even saying you gotta win but don't get boat raced yeah don't don't come out flat don't get embarrassed don't do the things that we've had to endure far too much of that. So that's all I hope is that, cause look, the white Sox, pretty good team, man. Um, I, yeah, I they think might be. they might be, I, I mean, to be honest, I think they're, they're probably not quite as offensively potent as the red Sox, but they are much more capable on the mound. So I think we could have uh, a really tight series actually yes. against them. Um, we're not getting Dylan Cease. We're getting Giolito and, you know, a couple other guys. I think Kopitak, Kopik, Michael Kopik. Kopik, yeah. So we're getting, we're getting like, you know, their a good stretch of their rotation, but not Cease, who's probably one of the hottest pitchers in baseball right now. And conversely, they're not seeing ours. Yeah, they're not seeing Mitch Keller. Um, you know, Rich Hill, you kind of have to hope, comes out a little bit better from the beginning this time, although it was still fun watching him pitch. He turned it around, kept mm-hmm. him in that game and everything. Um, it's not ne- not necessarily our best stretch of the lineup, of the uh, rotation for us, I think, right. against that team. But Rich Hill be, Rich- should still be a lot of fun tomorrow, I would think. The weather looks like it's going to hold out blackout and everything i think it'd be a blast yeah no and that's just it like and that's kind of like you know if if i had to ask a veteran to come out and pitch decently this would be the game you know so i'm hoping that that's the rich hill we see he's certainly capable of it just don't get bombed and don't do it early yeah man i agree so the lineup, are you pretty happy with how they've been trotting it out? What tweaks? Besides like that eight, nine things. I think we both kind of agree with, with that. That's not made a lot of sense. But aside from that, it's pretty much fit, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know that there's a whole heck of a lot more that you can do right now. I mean, it's still week one, you know. Um, we'll see. We'll see with Cruz what they want to do. Um, as the season goes on, I guess they're going to, I guess they're going to see what, uh, McCutcheon can handle maybe playing time wise. Um, he might have to. So, I mean, I, I think Derek Shelton said he's, he, he expects him to play in right field for opening day, but I don't think it's something that they plan on trying to do too, too much, you know, as no, but I'm talking, I'm talking like lineup wise in the sense of like if he continues to keep getting on base if he's hitting like this how can you take him out right especially especially for an offense that let's be honest it's still going to have its days (laughs) well i mean like i i think you have to expect you know carlos santana is going to be carlos santana and i know that's not super great but he'll he'll hit better than he has and you know he started turning around a little bit in the red sox series there towards the end um, and even got robbed a little bit before that. So I think he's hitting the ball fine. I'm starting to wonder where at bats for Choi come from. 
Because I'm not sure you really want to make him the DH. And I'm not I'm not sure what he does in the middle of the lineup, really. You know, yeah. um, I'm a little bit questioning really what his role is right now. Hasn't looked awesome. Um, still think you're going to see that kind of rotation type situation, but um, it it would help if he could. The middle of the lineup, Gary, is where I don't see him fitting. Here, check this one out. How long do you keep Carlos Santana hitting cleanup from Sean? Uh, you're not wrong, Sean. What, who, who, I mean, what else? I mean, I, I, I would follow that up with the question of is, how, what else do you do that's not going to create other issues, though? The only way to do it would be to move Cruz out of the leadoff spot. You'd have to put Bay up top, bump everybody else down, and then you'd probably have Kutch as your cleanup guy. If it's you just did it that way. A lot of movement. I I would just stress maybe a little bit of patience. It may, in fact, turn out that they will have to do something different, but I wouldn't mess with it right now gary i just i just would not oh that aspect he's asking right now i think he's saying how long do you go with it you know like do you give him a whole month there i would i would because because you got to move a lot to accomplish that and those that's a lot of moving pieces to accommodate that so i i just yeah i would i would i would not do it soon Jeremy, I've agreed with you a whole heck of a lot as we've done this show, but quoting batting averages to me after game six ain't going to happen, brother. See, Jeremy got greedy. (laughs) He might be right here. See, he redeems himself immediately. Ideally, Santana is a six. See? Well, you know, and and we got to get, we got to see to like, it would have been nice to see Hayes hitting a little bit more like he did carrying it over from spring. Um, Cause he helps carry that part of the lineup a little better if he's hitting, but that's a big if. So Dave would like to see Hayes hitting second or lower in the lineup. And uh, second, I don't think, I don't think I could do that right now. I need more support behind Cruz than what Hayes is providing right this second. And if you move him any lower in the lineup, you might as well make him the nine, you know, to to get on base before Cruz. Um, And and I wouldn't do that with him quite yet either. He was really stinging the ball in spring, man. I'd I'd love to like, just give him a little bit of time. Yeah. Let the weather heat up a little bit. And right or wrong, how they view the two hitter now in baseball, you know, sometimes that's your best hitter. So um, I I like him at like six. I do, Uh, but but he he's you know he's a big key to this offense being better, Gary. And I think. I want to touch on just a couple more players that I think we've seen 
probably not as much as we thought we would. I think Jack Sawinski has probably sat more than I thought he would. I thought they would just force feed him into this lineup every game. They have not done that. So I ask you, Jim, how does he ever get his footing? If they, if they continue to handle him that way, or have they already decided that he's just not going to get his footing? <laughs> because I'm, I'm starting to wonder what their plan is here with him. It tells me they're being cautious with him. Uh, and probably rightly so right now. He, he, he hasn't looked great in spring. He hasn't looked. I mean, we know what plagues him. So tells me they're being cautious. It tells me that they're going to be careful when they use him and see how he does try to get him in good, good spots and good positions to hit and be successful and then, and, and build off of that. And I'm, 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 I'm totally fine with that. I feel like they're doing the same thing with him in many ways that they're doing with Castro, you know, um, almost a slow walking of Castro as well. And that's another kid that, you know, he's got to start feeling the pressure pretty soon. Yeah. You know, there are options, you know, well, and Hey, I mean, even, I mean, look, we'll see how some people respond really well to that. Some guys don't. Um, And if someone's putting heat on him, good problem to have. It, it's it's better than neither Castro or Bay looking like anything. <laughs> Look at Dave. Maybe they're just <laughs> saving Jack for the home games. Jack, I mean, Dave, I wish this was as funny as 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 you intended it to be. I think you might be right. Um, wouldn't you want to see if there's some voodoo to that? Maybe. Well, maybe I mean, that's part. Maybe that's part of what we're we're talking about, or maybe. what I'm getting at, which is. Our heads are going to yeah. explode if he like hits three, four home runs in PNC Park. Though <laughs> we're all going to be like, "It's true. It Can is true." Imagine? I thought it would be great if he did the total mind f this year and went berserk on the road and couldn't hit it at yeah. home. And I thought that would be <laughs> that it would be funny at least. So, hey, I'm I'll hoping. I'm I'm hoping. By the way, I I I'm I'm taking. Uh, my son up to see uh, Jack Sawinski tonight signing some autographs. And I'm going to ask him about that stance of his and see what he says. I'm going to see if he'll give me anything, Gary. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll report back on that later. Well, you do that. You do that. We are going to have to end the show because you could, you and I both have things we got to get to. Yes. So we should end it. So let's give, let's give the fans some homework, right? Okay. I, I think I want I want them to do something for us. If you managed to get yourself blocked by Dennis Eckersley <laughs> after that series, because he was on a rampage blocking everybody in Pittsburgh. And if you haven't yet, you still have time to make it happen. Get Dennis Eckersley to block you, screen cap it, and send it to the Pirates fan forum on Twitter. And we <laughs> and we will laugh about the total number of people that he blocked. We will celebrate it with you. S A W F T soft. Dennis Eckersley, sad, sad man. But uh, that's how we're going to end the show, Jim. Because people on video aren't going to hear 
your awesome little kids say uh that's okay let's that's go right. he's gonna have fun tonight anyway so so today we'll say it let's go bucks let's do it thanks everybody let's go bucks